Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle. Well, this is the third episode, so you would have already seen my live. I am recording this ahead of time, so I hope it went okay. Uh, I want to do more lives, and I'm going to have my son come on a couple of times for the recording, as well as a live or two. We'll see. <laughs> I have to see if he's going to do it. But anyway, so this episode... um. I was breaking these down to be to give me a couple more options because there are in the 90s in the 80s and 90s the movies that were coming out were amazing so just to give you a taste of some of them and these are just like maybe popular ones versus like a um, like deep cut stuff I guess I guess you can say I just figured, let me separate these out by genre. So um, I think I already did a couple of those in the past with 80s. So I'm going to head into the 90s now. And I'm going to talk about fantasy movies. Now, some of these, and when I was like going through and making my list of my favorites, so of course this is going to be a curated list of ones that I prefer over others. There's much more, <laughs> okay? So there, I went into Google, I went into I, uh, Internet Movie Database, IMDb, and was just looking at 90s popular movies as well as other ones that I know I remembered that might not be on that list. Now, they break it down. You could go even further than just being fantasy or science fiction or horror or comedy. You can go like the, this was going into fantasy uh, drama. This is fantasy family friendly. So cartoons, which I, I did put that in as well. And like horror fantasy, which I think I might I held off on horror fantasy, although I think I have one that might kind of be that. I don't really know. So there's like so sub subgenres on it as well. So this is just a, a a small list, and it's not going to be all inclusive. It's going to be just ones that I'm like I want to talk about these because these are my favorites. These are the ones that I watched on a uh, like, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, and growing up, even though I I talked about the '80s, I know that we probably only remember a certain few of the movies. Or we watched them when we got older and appreciated them because we were around at that time when they were made, but we were too young to watch them or cared because we were just too too much into uh, Saturday morning cartoons than to watch some like dramatic 80s movie. <laughs> so the 90s might be more relatable because we were older, we were more aware, and these are movies that we hold dear to our hearts. So... These are in no particular order. These are just as I was going through. So Jumanji. Now we know that they've remade Jumanji, sort of. It's an extension of the original Jumanji. And I think they did an excellent job with it. Not entirely sure about the second one. I'm still, I think I, I, I have seen it, although my son has made me question that I actually did watch it because he's like, I never watched it with you. And he would have watched it with me. So I'm like, where were you? So did I watch it? But I remember it. I remember what happens in it. When I watched the trail, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this movie. <laughs> so I don't know how I saw it without him. Unless he just didn't want to. Unless he just didn't want to. I just, I don't know why. Maybe he doesn't remember. All right. So the original Jumanji, it's obviously, it's a classic. And it's a classic Robin Williams movie. As I'm going through this list, there are a lot of Robin Williams movies, and this is just within the fantasy, fantasy drama scenario, and that he voiced 
people as well in some of these movies and it hurts. On my wallpaper, on my computer, I have a quote from Robin Williams. He pretty much was, besides his stand-up, which was, you know, pretty, had a lot of profanity and it didn't realize it was like that, like that until I saw it thereafter, but he was pretty much a prominent presence in my childhood. I loved everything that he did and I really wish that he was still around. And I know things like this happen and it's a shame and especially to people who are prominent figures in our lives. Even if we don't know them personally, they are part of us. So we miss you, Robin Williams. We miss you. So Jumanji, you already, you should know what it is. Uh, Kids get sucked into a, or a kid gets sucked into a game board until somebody actually plays the next move. So he was stuck in the, uh, in Jumanji for like 20 some years. I forget how long it was. I actually haven't watched the original Jumanji in a while. I ha- as I've said before, watching movies has been a, has taken a, a, unless I go to the movie theater, watching movies has taken like a backseat to life right now. My watching movies was always with my mom. I'm going to attempt to try and watch some movies with her, but it is difficult, especially to sit for any length of time. And she also um, will talk through the whole thing. So it's not like you can sit there and really enjoy it, but I think it will be good for her to watch something other than Sherlock Holmes, which, although I love Sherlock Holmes, to hear it day in and day out, it's, you know, getting a little old. All right, so Jumanji, great movie. Uh, you can you can still go and get the game board. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get sucked into the game. I probably would die. So maybe fortunately for me. <laughs> the second movie, uh, Spawn. Now, my mom was very much into anything. Like, she loved comic books. She loves comic books. We have, a, she has her own collection. I'm also selling some comic books that were ones that she didn't care too much about. So we have a large collection of the comic books. So it was when Spawn came out, mom my mom was just like, We're gonna go we're gonna watch that. It wasn't I know that for diehard fans it was not I don't think it went down very well, although my mom liked the movie. She wasn't like a, a harsh critic of movies. If she enjoyed it, that was a, a plus to her. Not getting into all the details. The I will say I thought Spawn was pretty awesome. I didn't actually watch or read a lot of the comics, although I knew of them. Uh, the only thing that really stuck to me is John Leguizamo as the clown because I hate I hate clowns anyway. And you can thank Tim Curry from It, and you can thank my mom for watching that, making me watch that when I was little. <laughs> that stuck out to me all the time. Like I thought he did a good job. I thought it was gross and horrifying, so good job. <laughs> but if you've not seen it, uh, but you are a huge fan of the comic book, I don't think you should take it to heart or just take what, what you see. Like, leave your brain at the door and just enjoy it as as it is, as it stands. Um, the Fifth Element. I've seen that so many times in the past when it first came out and then when it was, like, on the regular television on Cindy. <laughs> We watched it a lot, so I know, I thought the movie was great. I thought the whole idea was awesome. Uh, I liked seeing Bruce Willis in something like that versus like an act, like it was an action flick, obviously, but it was less, there was like some comedic bits to it. I just thought it was a, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a good, 
uh, change of like pace to watch although it wasn't i guess if you if you think about like the past whatever i don't know what i'm talking about but the big thing that stuck out for me was the opera singer so she was awesome and i know there are people who actually will do the whole octave thing that she did and that's just crazy Uh, more power to you for being able to do that but that was always awesome okay so this is going to be classified as a fantasy drama apparently uh, what Dreams May Come, which had Robin Williams in it. Oh, my goodness. That one, there are so many good quotable lines in that movie. It touches upon suicide. It touches upon belief systems of after what happens after death. It touches on depression and losing someone. But how beautiful the afterlife is, you know, in the beginning. And there are... There are funny light moments, but then it's a it's a tearjerker. I do not watch it frequently. I think it's a great movie, but I have to be in a very strong state of mind to watch it because it can really like bring you down. And it it, it has a very good ending. If you've not watched it, I'm not going to give away the ending. It 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 ends on a good note, but what you have to what you have to wade through to get to that point is rough. I'm not going to, there's no, uh, there's no sugarcoating it. Let me just say that. And I think that was, I think Robin Williams touched on things that I think he probably was dealing with deep down with depression and stuff that maybe we weren't necessarily aware of at the time, but, um, it's a great movie. if you haven't seen it, check it out. What dreams may come. Just be ready to, to cry. Cause I know I did. I will every time I watch it, but I don't watch it frequently. Um, again, another Robin Williams hook. I love hook. I love Dustin Hoffman as hook. <laughs> I think, uh, he does an excellent job. The little boy, I don't know what his name is. And I know that he's been in other movies, uh, you know, another kid actor. He kind of annoys me, but then you have like Rufio, Rufio. <laughs> and that whole moment where they're having the food fight, but you have to use your imagination when you're a kid and even like when you're watching it now for me i don't know if it fits for everybody but when you're very much into like that creative imaginative side and you this movie is just bringing that to life you just get like this tingling feeling of like yes and as soon as he starts to believe in that and you can see it and every you know i don't know it's just a magical moment <laughs> and i enjoy it and that I will watch. In fact, I probably will put that on my list of what to sit down and watch with my mom because that's okay. If you want to talk over it, I know it pretty much backwards and forwards. So, yeah. Mystery Men. <laughs> I had forgotten about that movie probably because it wasn't like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's classified as like a cult classic or whatever, but... I love it. I Paul Rubin is in it, so I, you know, I love most of the movies he's been in. I actually saw this in the movie theater in Canada. And if anybody watches my personal lives on my personal channel, so if you're friends with me on Facebook, um, on my personal page, I had I did a live the other night and I was talking about my trip to Canada, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. I might vlog about that. That might be something that I might vlog about. <laughs> Because that's an interesting story, let me tell you. But anyway, so I saw that in Canada. I enjoyed the movie, but I don't remember a lot about it. 
uh, and I have seen it there after from that point, but I do remember seeing it. I thought it was good. I laughed at it. I enjoyed it. And it was something that stuck with me that I still have memories of. So there you go. There's my reasoning to have it on the list. The Witches. Not the new, not the new one. The one with Angelica Houston. And she will always be the classic Grand High Witch. I mean, she pretty much embodied that character. And just like she embodied Morticia Adams. And I know that... I really do like Wednesday, so I don't have a problem with like any any new incarnation of of you know the Adams family because it's been around. The one in the '90s was a, an incarnation of the original from that was in the '60s, so and that was an incarnation of the comic. So you know I can't <laughs> we can't say anything. Uh, we all have our favorites, which is fine. Yeah. So the witches, I do think that they did change in this original witches, the ending. If you've never read the Roald Dahl book, Roald Dahl, I never know how to say his name, but if you've never uh, read the original witches book, it is one of my favorite books. I read it so much that the actual uh, front cover fell off of it. It was, it is one of my favorite books. They do change, they do change it, but for the most part, the movie's great, I, even if it's not, you know, word for word of the book. But I think they did an excellent job with who they picked out. I think the kids did a good job. And obviously, like I said, Angelica Houston, spot on. Death Becomes Her. So I'm not entirely, is that a classified as, as fantasy, obviously, because they're undead or they can't die. But it's also a comedy. So I don't know. I don't know what you would classify that because I'm like, if I'm gonna sub, if I'm gonna genre separate these things, I want to make sure I'm not crossing over. So I just don't mention that in the next one, whatever. So Death Becomes Her was one of my mom's favorite movies. I think that was a, a, a it was a funny movie. It does a good job at playing on how important women or people in general care about their appearance and how it's changed and how like if you are frumpy or overweight you won't nothing will have nothing good will come of it and of course nowadays like you you watch something like that and they're gonna be like oh my god you know you can't mm -mm. but i think it's a funny movie i enjoy it as a heavy person i still enjoy the movie so that's fine i'm not offended it's fine um the never-ending story too it is not a favorite movie of mine it's a horrible, it's, it's horrible, okay? If you've read the book, all right, I, I watched it and I watched it a few times because I love Jonathan Brandis, RIP, miss you guy. He did a good job with what he was given, but the movie itself just sucks, okay? Just sucks. The original movie, first of all, the special effects in the original movie, which was what, like 15 years younger than the second one was so much better. Like what did, what happened? Like they obviously didn't have a very good budget for it or they put the budget in something else. I don't know. The, the, um, what happens in the movie, there are sections of the book because the, the first movie only covers like what two three chapters of the actual book by Michael End 
it is a it is truly a never ending story. It's a very it's it's a long book and there's a lot more adventure for Bastion Balthazar Bucks. That's that's what his name is, BBB. Barrett Oliver, who is no longer in movies, unfortunately. And he looks like a hippie now. But whatever. Uh Barrett Oliver. So yeah, um you never hear their names in like you you know his name is Bastion, but hit even when you look up uh, the movie, it actually says Bastion Bucks, but you don't know what his last name is. Nobody ever says it. But uh, in the book, it's Bastion Balthazar Bucks, and I don't know why I remember that, but I do. It's a good book. I suggest reading it. Never Ending Story 2, I think they get, if you, once you get further in the book, there's a lot more that goes on. There's a lot of venture. There's a lot of big villains, and there's a lot of big monsters and things that you need to overcome and I don't think they had the capability or the the funds <laughs> to do it I don't know just I'm glad that Jonathan Brandis got a job from it but let me tell you it's not a good it's just not good for me anyway Matilda and there's actually there I didn't have I didn't put it on here but I'll just uh James and the Giant Peach was another one and there, so there was a lot of raw doll books that were being made in the 90s. So you had The Witches, Matilda, and then James and the Giant Peach. And I think the BFG also, I don't know when that came out. They really need, if they're going to do another raw doll book, side note, do the one uh, called The Twits. I love that book. That's another really good one. And then there's another one called The Magic Finger, which sounds rude, but it's, it's kind of like Matilda-ish, but it's it's good. It's a shorter story. So are the twits, but I think the twits are, uh, I think that would be great. I think they really need to do one like that. I, and if they want to do another Raw Doll book, do the twits, okay? Please. If you're hearing me, do it. And do it properly. Read the damn book. Even though I think, weren't they like trying to like take away or change a Raw Doll book to fit today's society, which... No, it's a book. It is fiction. Get over it. Um, anyway, so Matilda, great movie. Love it. I love uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea, per Rhea Perlman. <laughs> they do an excellent job. And the woman who plays the Trunchbull, she's in a show, which I found. Her name's Pam Ferris, and she plays Miss Trunchbull. She was in, um, she, so the lady who plays, what's her name? Miss Honey. She obviously got some plastic surgery done. I, it's a shame. She was very pretty. But anyway, so she, she was in a couple of Mansfield Park. She was in Mansfield Park with Johnny Lee Miller. And I forget the other lady's name. She was pretty much the main character. That, but she was the least one that I cared about. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, um she was in that. She plays a she plays a, a horrendous woman in that. She also was in Bridget Jones Diary. Uh and she also plays a woman that you hate. So it was weird when I saw those movies and I associated her at first with Miss Honey who played like, you know, a super sweet woman and then you see her playing a, a bitch, you know, and you're like, "What what happened, Miss Honey? What did they do to you?" Matilda was is an excellent movie and Pam Ferris right Miss Trunchbull let me get back to that British actress right or Welsh is she Welsh or British I don't 
want to mess that up. Oh, she was born in Hanover, Germany. So Pam Ferris, so she does, she's from Hanover. Oh, she was in the, she was born there, but she was born to British parents. Okay, and then she spent in Wales. Okay, sorry, information. All right, so Pam Ferris, she was in, so Matilda, she played um, uh, Miss Trunchbull, which she did an excellent job, an excellent job. But if you want to watch her after the Miss Trunchbull time, which was in 1996, there was a show called Rosemary in Time and it's it's like uh, two horticulturalists well wannabe one of them anyway uh, solve murders which there's a lot of British crime dramas and stuff but this I thought I liked that show a lot so check it out Rosemary in Time and they have um, Scarborough Fair song not the Paul Simon version not the Simon and Garfunkel version um, a different one but it's Good, good job. The Page Master. There's your, your cartoon going on there. I know my brother very much liked that. We also had the book. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin in that. If you've not seen that, that's a really good, a really good cartoon. Slash people, because in the beginning, he gets sucked into the book. Dragonheart. My, my dad really liked the movie. Now, I believe the voice of the um, dragon was Sean Connery. And Dennis Quaid is in the movie as well. Dragonheart. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. 1996. I probably have only seen it like twice. Yeah, Sean Connery was Draco, Dennis Quaid. David Thewlis. Oh, yeah, he always plays the bad guy for the most part. Lord Phil. Jason Isaac. I love him. I gotta watch that movie again. Lord Felton, he's probably bad too. Based on a story created by whom? Sorry, so a knight, Dennis Quaid, befriends Draco, which is voiced by Sean Connery, last of the dragons, and the dude become, begins scamming the village where he re pretends to repeatedly kill Draco and for money. That Draco is the same dragon who once saved his former student from death by giving him a piece of his heart. Enon is now a merciless tyrant. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah, he's a bad guy. David Thewlis. I figured as much. He's always... Besides playing in um, Harry Potter, he was... Um, he did the Defense Against the Dark Arts. He was the... So when I saw him in that, I'm like, oh, my God, he's, he's going to turn around and just, just stab people in the back. He's always bad for the most part. Or he always, like, pretends to be nice and then turns around and... and <laughs> bad. It's a sad, it's like a tearjerker because the um, king, the merciless king, shares a piece of the dragon's heart. And in order to stop the king, if you kill him, you also kill the dragon. There you go. Spoiler alert. Great movie, though. The Mummy. So this is actually classified as like a horror slash fa fantasy. I don't... I don't classify it as horror unless you classify the mummy as scary. I don't find him scary. Whatevs. But I know that they're talking about trying to do a remake of the, mu the mummy, but I think they're trying to do a remake of the mummy in a sense of it being more along the lines of the original Ham Hammer uh, Hammerstein Universal Monsters. There you go. <laughs> but I think the Brendan Fraser, apparently you say that's how his name, sorry, is, I, thought, I think that's an excellent... That's an excellent version of it. And Brendan Fraser is the ultimate. It's the ultimate. 
but we'll see. I know that the um the one that they they called the mummy that was with Tom Cruise didn't do very well, rightfully so because it sucked. Anyway, uh, the Crow. I know that I think they're remaking that. I don't know how I feel about that. The Crow's like a it's a cult classic. So when you redo cult classic movies, you got to be very careful. Like, are you remaking it or is it a continuation? Like, how is this going to work out? I'm not entirely sure if Brendan Lee, I think. Yeah, it's Bruce Lee's uh, son. Yeah, I think they're redoing it. And then they have this dude that's called Fraser Harrison. I don't know who that is. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about them remaking it. Because Brendan Lee kind of like, it just, it was his movie. It was, it was his character. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know that was like one of my mom's favorite movies as well. This is also classified as a drama, fantasy drama, The Secret Garden. Now, I know that there are, a, there's a lot of different versions of it. I think there's a new one, actually. Um, the Secret Garden. Yeah, they came out in 2020. I'm talking about the one, because obviously 90s, 1993 version, uh, which has Maggie Smith in it. So I think that's an excellent, I really liked that version. And I think it's just because, again, like, it's in the 90s. It's what I remember watching when it came out. Um, I don't know if... I, I will... Re I've seen older uh, versions of The Secret Garden. And I really... I like the... I just like the story. If you do it well enough, then that's fine. So I, th I think they did a different twist with the other one where it was more like a portal rather than an actual garden. I don't... I'm not entirely... Don't take my word for it. I have to watch it. Another drama, Little Princess... Again, it's the 90s version. So there's a, there's a, um, the 1939 version of The Little Princess, which is uh, with Shirley Temple. I've seen that one. So the 1995 version, which has, I don't know, I know Liam Cunningham, he was in um, Game of Thrones. He was super young in this. He was a good looking man. You know, he's not bad looking now as an older gentleman, but yeah. <laughs> so he played in Game of Thrones. What was his name? I can't remember anybody's stinking name in that, in because the, there's so many characters. So many characters. Where did you go, sir? Davos Seaworth. Okay, Sir Davos. Okay. So he played Davos in um, in Game of Thrones. So if you want to see him super young in A Little Princess in 1995, he's. Sarah Crew's dad, Mr. Crew. Captain Crew. I really, really liked this version of it only because that when she, it's the music. Um, there's points, points where I actually cry a little bit because of how people are treated and, you know, the, the story about her mother. I think the, the, I think the dresses, I think the sets, I think the people, I think they all did an excellent job embodying those characters. I do like the Shirley Temple version as well. <laughs> and I know that there's another version. There's a, um, oh no, never mind. That's Heidi. I like that movie too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's my favorite version. We're Back, which is a cartoon with the dinosaurs where the kids are allowed to go into the museum after hours when the dinosaurs come to life. And the, scientist who brought them back to current day which you know 19 whatever 90 it was gave them a special 
I want to say pill or substance where it was they they actually start they get smarter and also like become more they become docile they're not trying to kill you but his evil brother tries to turn them back into the evil like to the the killer animals that they were reptiles and yeah there's like a whole thing where they have to like bring them back to to who they were to bring their 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 personality back it's a great movie if you've not seen it I, I suggest looking at um there's a couple there's a lot of people who um voiced 1993 so john goodman who plays rex jay leno is vorb oh martin short stubs the clown rhea perlman mother bird walter cronkite captain new eyes so it, like he's literally like the epitome of if you if you never heard of walter Cron- cronkite there's something wrong with you Oh, Felicity Kendall. Oh, my God. She's in Rosemary in Time. What a dink. Anyway, it, it, it's Walter Cronkite is pretty much he, his voice is just iconic. So and like I love John Goodman, too. He plays an ex. I just love it. I love everything. Practical Magic. That's classified as a drama fantasy. If you if you've not seen that, I think that comes around a lot of the time for Halloween. There is a book. It's based off of a book. However, the book is way more depressing. There's a lot more that goes on with the with the sisters. There's a lot more that goes between the two of them. It's 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 a lot more drama fed versus like fun, happy, hippie witchcraft stuff. However, I do love that movie and I think they did an excellent job and I love the music to it and all of the people that they brought into that. It's good job. Good job, guys. Another cartoon is Fern Gully. That has uh, Robin Williams. He does uh, Batty. I think that's his name. Damn. Uh, Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. The Last Rainforest. 1992. Batty Coda. Oh, and Tim Curry's in that, too. He plays Hexus. He's the... He's the... The smoke and the... That helps tear down the rainforest so that you know it's it's literally it's pollution it's pollution and just destroying the rainforest so there's like an underlying moral message to it but i love tim curry and of course samantha mathis oh christian slater is in that uh, voices in that as well so you'll you'll obviously that his voice is fairly um oh my god that's where i remember her from that's kind of creepy uh samantha mathis is was in uh, Mario Brothers, the 1993 version. I didn't write. Is that classified as fantasy? I know people hate that movie, but I liked it. I mean, I didn't like it as a Mario, as its own movie. I just wish they didn't. Just don't call it Mario Brothers. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, um, anyhow, it's uh, Fern Gully is great, and obviously Robin Williams pretty much, you know, almost as good as Tim Curry. I'm sorry, but Tim Curry is just awesome, and the. the the, the song that he sings in it, I just I love it. Just love it. Toys, another Robin Williams movie. If you haven't seen that movie, Toys, Joan Cusack. She plays uh, Robin Williams' sister. And LL Cool J's in it. <laughs> She's, it's just, I don't know how to, to describe it. But they do an awesome, like, quote unquote like type of MTV music video to um distract 
while they're trying to take back the toy factory from the um, lieutenant general who wants to make everything into something that could be used for war. But they want, you know, and Robin Williams and his dad, who also was um, Donald O'Connor, who I love Donald O'Connor. He's, um, do they not even have a picture of him? Come on. Yeah, Donald O'Connor, who if you've seen Singing in the Rain and he does make him laugh, which is my favorite scene in that movie where he like, you know, crawls up the wall and goes around like he had was such an excellent like uh, dancing and like stunt like not I don't even know how he never hurt himself. He probably did. But like if you've not seen Singing in the Rain, at least just look it up on YouTube for make him laugh for Donald O'Connor. It's great. I love Donald O'Connor. But anyway. Anyhow, so toys, if you have not seen that movie, it's odd, but great at the same time. Galaxy Quest, and my notes are your best movie ever, which I think I've said on a lot of these movies. But Galaxy Quest, I think it feeds into my love of Star Trek so much. But poking fun at at it as much as it does and doing it so well. I love every moment of that movie. And there's so many great quotes quotes of that I think they're saying that they're making like a series of that like the actual I don't know if they're actually making a series that's like the series Galaxy Quest that the movie's based off of the series which would be funny but the reason why the movie works is because of the people who are in it and you're not going to have everybody because not everybody's around anymore so I just don't know I don't know how well it's going to go we'll see the Indian in the Cupboard. It's based on a book. One of the books I, one of the only books that I've read, that I read in school. <laughs> My brother really liked this movie too. If you've not seen it, it's like this kid who is given a cupboard that they're, I don't know how, I think the parents did. It's been a while since I've seen it. And he has soldiers and Indian pieces and he'll, he put one, he put an Indian inside the, the cat, the cupboard. And when he opens it up, the Indian's alive and he learns about what it was like at at that time during that like the war because he has like confederate soldiers he has union soldiers and how like the native americans um what they did how they lived coming of age what they had to do when they went out into the wilderness to survive it's it's actually a very good it's a very good it's a very good story and another one where you kind of get teared up a bit because of him having to say goodbye. But other than that, it's very it's 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 a great story, and you get to and you get to learn about like how it was at that time and what they did and and their their culture and everything else and like how they were viewed and like you had I think even they help a soldier even though the soldier was like you know scared and didn't know like what was happening. It's it's great. It's a great. Uh, but it's a very good book. I read it. <laughs> so if I got through it, you can get through it. Uh, and the movie's um, just as good. Groundhog Day. <laughs> one of my mom's favorite movies. One of mine as well. I I don't think you can... I think you can pretty much watch it on repeat on Groundhog Day. It's just... it. And I think they actually did like a... Somebody sat there and figured out how many days or years that he had to go through to learn everything that he did learn. I can't remember where it was, but it's online somewhere, I'm sure, how, how long he actually was living that day. I can only imagine. 
But look at all the stuff he learned. Okay, so maybe not everybody knows this one, or maybe you do, and I'm just thinking, like, I know an interesting, obscure movie. Sliding Doors. It has Gwyneth Paltrow. So I know that Gwyneth Paltrow is... It's a particular taste, but I did like her in the 90s a lot. I don't... I mean, I'm not a fan of her goop and uh, her antics outside of movies, but um, I really enjoyed John Hanna, who's also in The Mummy, who plays the the brother. I loved him in The Mummy. I think he was pretty... Besides Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Okay. Uh, he was pretty much, like, the person I loved in that. Anyway, Scottish. Love him. But anyway, so he... Sliding Doors. Let me give you just a rundown of what it is about. Now I gotta go back to all this freaking... You know, what was I doing? Alright, so when Helen, a London ad executive, is fired from her job and rushes out to catch a train, two scenarios take place. This is why it's interesting. It splits. She has a decision, like two decisions to make. If you Like if you went right or when you went left, what would happen if those two diverged and how different your life would turn out if you went left or if you went right, depending. In one, she gets on the train and comes home to find her boyfriend, Jerry, in bed with another woman. In the second, she misses the train and arrives after the woman has left. In the first scenario, Helen dumps Jerry, finds a new man, and gradually improves her life. In the second, she becomes suspicious of Jerry's fidelity and grows miserable. I really enjoyed this movie. I found it randomly, and I just liked the premise of it. The fact that, you know, okay, so she missed the the train. What happens if she didn't miss the train? And what happens that she, that she did miss the train? It's interesting, because I'm like, think of all of the choices that have come up in your life, in our lives, that what if I just went left? What if I just did this instead? How different would life be? It's interesting. I like it. Sliding Doors. It came out in 1998. Check it out. Uh, Radio Flyer. I don't even. I didn't even want to write this one down. This one has Elijah Wood in it. It's a tearjerker, and it's it's some harsh stuff that goes on to these with these kids. But the idea that the kid just got away and flew away. It, it gets you, and it's a good movie, but tearjerker. Be prepared if you haven't seen it. Uh, Casper, you, you want something after the tearjerker, watch Casper. I mean, come on, Devin Sawa. I, I think we all watch it every Halloween just for that scene anyway. Uh, it's 40 years old, which is kind of creepy, but we were, you know, come on. We were that age, okay? And last but certainly not least, Rockadoodle. Now, Rockadoodle is a cartoon, and it was one of my brother's favorite movies, but I liked it as well. And it's from 1991, so it's fairly early on. I don't know. There's a lot of musical interludes in it, so it's like, you know, there, Phil Harris is in it. There's not a whole lot of people, but it was an independent live-action animated musical comedy. In the, in the film, Chanticleer, Glenn Campbell, a barnyard rooster has convinced the other animals that his crowing makes the sun rise. When one day he forgets to crow, the sun comes up anyway. The secret is out, and he heads for the big city in shame. But, a mass but as massive storms and dark clouds stop the sun from appearing, the farm animals get worried, so a mouse named Peepers and a kitten called Edmund lead the gang on a trip to find Chanticleer in the city. So it's just, it's like, okay, like he, he was the big, 
the big person, you know, in, in order for him to um, be and do what he needed to do is that was his job. And then he finds out that his job is meaningless. So therefore he needed to go and he had a midlife crisis. But it's a great it's a great story. I think it's there's some dark elements to it because these these barnyard animals people or otherwise um get very upset and their lives change a lot because the routine is no longer there and they feel like they need to have that so it's interesting i found i you know if you like want to sit there and like psychologically profile it afterwards go right ahead but i really like the movie it reminds me the style of the darker parts of it reminds me of Secret of Nim, if you remember that cartoon with the mouse. That is dark and scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the elements that are darker in this just remind me a lot of that. So if, just to give you some correlation to it. This is a very long episode, but I know that I'll be editing it down and my moments of like blathering on trying to figure out who these people are and what they were in. This is, like I said, only a small sampling of me just glancing at a couple of them, and these were my favorites out of those few that I found. So I'm gonna do another, I don't know if I'm gonna do another one, specifically movies in this, in this series, in this season, I probably will just leave that for like something else, because that's why I figured, I'm gonna leave it at 12, there's a lot of information out there, and even touching upon portions of it again afterwards, like commercials, I only touched on a few commercials and there's so many more that bring back a whole lot of memories toys there's more out there i think i did i think i did the toys of our past but i only i think i did like the few things that i had so i want to like go through that and kind of do like the mid to later 90s if i haven't done that. i have to like redo like go through it and see what did i talk about but I don't mind having to repeat because it's nostalgic and I, I enjoy talking about it and I hope that you enjoy listening to it and my stupid little like side rants here and there. But uh, that's kind of how I go. Like if I find a, a movie that I loved and then I'm like, what else were these people in? What else did this person make? Was there anything else that was interesting that I might want to check out? And that's kind of how I find some random off the beaten track uh, movie because I'm like well wait a second what was that person and you're like oh that sounds interesting and you watch it, it becomes one of your favorite movies or at least on the list you know so I I love movies almost as much as I love close to how much I love music that's why there's going to be more um, music episodes so I hope you really enjoyed the live I did this past m the last episode I'm going to do another one hopefully it went off without a hitch because I'm I'm recording this prior to the live being happy I'm trying to record ahead of time so I have it's just editing then afterwards which is fine I don't mind doing that but yeah so I'm looking forward to the next episode I love doing these these podcasts it gives me a lot of stuff to to talk about and I can't wait to have more people on my podcast the only problem is, is that I do my podcast wherever my computer is and it's currently in my bedroom. So unless I can figure out how to like phone somebody in, I, unless it's my son, I really, I don't know if I would be like, Hey, you want to come over, hang out in my bedroom? That's kind of weird. Um, if it was upstairs where my quote unquote office was, it would be a little bit better. I don't know. I think I had this conversation before anyways. It's like when this is something that's going to be in the vlog, I'll just leave it. But anyway, it, like check out my vlog. I only have three episodes of that up and I have another one that's recorded that I need to put up. And I had, 
I, I wanted to focus on my podcast and my blog, so which I have been, and my schoolwork. So once I get that other one edited, I'm going to try and be a little bit more diligent with it, record in, in advance like I'm doing these podcasts, going from there. So thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate every single one of you and everyone that comes back and re-listens or finds other ones that they haven't heard. These are going to be up on Spotify and Google and Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, this will be. However, those will only have the last 10 episodes because I'm still trying to figure out the RSS feed via WordPress. Apparently, there's like a restriction and I got to figure out how to change that or if I have to pay a subscription of some sort. We'll see. Otherwise, on my website, it's uh, www.gabriellecataldi, which is G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-C-A-T-A-L-D-I.com, has every single episode of my podcast. So there, well, this is the third season, so I have 22 episodes plus some of the teasers that I had out there. So please check them out. And my blog, check that out too. And my Facebook author page, and just look up Gabrielle Cataldi. I have a Twitter, I have an Instagram, I have a TikTok, but um, we'll, we'll we'll keep that in the closet for now because <laughs> I just I don't know what to do on that. So, all right. Well, then, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you will join me for my lives, and I hope you will um, listen to the next episodes, and you're enjoying it as much as I am. Please, if you have any comments, questions, anything that you think I should add or stop talking about, um, you can message me. You can comment on anything. I believe there are comments on the blog itself as, as and the podcast. So so this has been Gabrielle Cataldi with That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And I hope you have a good evening because it's evening here or good morning if you're listening to in the morning. And I'll, list, or I'll be talking to you next time in the next uh, episode. Thank you so much.